Are we um, are we doing JCVA cruise in April? Yeah, we should probably talk about that. I guess. Let me pull up my calendar real quick. Yeah. Should we? The in addition to all this free candy stuff and whatever, we also kind of run <laughs> Japanese Classics of Virginia, not the business, but the car club, which, which was, was technically around, around before the business. Thanks for taking our name, but now y'all are more famous, so it's whatever. Um, Shout out to anybody at Japanese Classics of Virginia. Yeah, for real. Probably never hear this. So normally we do our spring cruise right around Tech the day. 15th-ish. Yeah. So... I would posit the 13th and or 14th, like, yeah. like schedule for the 13th and then do it on the, four, you know, if it rains, do it for the 14th. Yeah. Um, also coming up in April. Grid Life. Is Grid Life Track Battle is coming to Summit Point for, as far as I know, the first time, because I've never seen them anywhere near here. Um, Grid Life is... The most I know about Grid Life is from watching the Gears and Gasoline YouTube channel, which Shout is amazing. Gears and, Gasoline. Gears and Gasoline local dudes are up in uh, Northern Virginia, I think. They might listen to this. They might. I don't know. They're like way cooler than us. Yeah, but <laughs> the Bens, um, they have an amazing video series covering Grid Life. It's actually my. I think it's my favorite videos that they do. They they cover it like. Like, you would watch, like, an F1 race summary. Like, it's super, super good. Um, so, you might know from that, or if you listen to the Slip Angle podcast, they talk about, they, they run Grid Life, so those guys are really cool. I know they'll never listen to this. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's like the greatest time attack cars in North America run this series. And I want to go see it so bad. And I'm very excited that they're coming to a track that's kind of sort of close to us. And I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm always excited for Hyperfest. Like, Hyperfest is always, like, the highlight of my summer every year. But I think I'm just as excited for this. Because I just want to see these cars in person. I, I think that I would be, too, if it wasn't at Summit Point. Why so? If it was at, like, VIR instead. Because I Summit mean, Point I, is further away... Not it's by a whole lot. Um, by about like 30 minutes or so. No, it's further than that, isn't it? it? They're both about roughly it. three hours. No, no. Yeah. It doesn't take three hours to get to It took me like two and a half hours to get to, to VIR. You must have been flying because it's a three hour drive. I might have been, yeah. allegedly. Allegedly. Um, In your CRV. <laughs> it is two and a half hours from here, according to Google. Okay. Um... And but, just Summit Point is just not as good of a venue in my mind. That's true, but also especially for something like Grid Life, their their tracks are so much smaller and tighter than VIR that seeing cars that fast go around those really technical like they're going around full Shenandoah circuit, which is going to be crazy. Yeah, um, Shenandoah circuit actually has a scaled down replica of the carousel from the Nurburgring mm-hmm. in it, which is pretty rad. Yeah. But it's also the track that Mitchell crashed his eight six on, I believe, was Shenandoah. I wasn't gonna bring it up, but sorry Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> um that was pretty cool bringing that thing back together though afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um so seeing cars that fast on that tight of a track I think is gonna be really fun. Yeah. That's fair. And there's a lot of really good like spots to spectate. For that track as well, so I'm I'm pretty excited for that. 
So I might, I might go out there. I'm thinking about just going and, and spectating and just camping Saturday night and hanging out Hyperfest style. Mm-hmm. If I'll, if Summit Point's cool with that. I know Summit Point has new owners, so I don't know if like the vibe there has changed a whole lot. But Hyperfest is... When is Hyperfest? The second weekend in May. May 17th through the 19th? Third. Third weekend in May. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also the weekend that John Wick Chapter 3 comes out, which I'm <laughs> super psyched for. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. That and um, Dominion Raceway, which is only about like 45 minutes from here. Or actually less. If you take 95, it's like 30 minutes. Um, they've announced their first two or three HPDE dates for the year. Mm. So I'm pretty excited about those. I'm going to try to hit at least one of those. They're kind of, I mean, you know, it's it's not a $30 autocross. It's like a 200 and something yeah. dollar track. Yeah. But good God, is it fun. By the yeah. way, since y'all y'all both have open invites, if we do a track cross, to co drive the car anytime. Cool. Yeah, I do still want to do that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I um I'm definitely going to Hyperfest again this year. I want to drive at Hyperfest this year in something. So mm-hmm. I would like to as well, but I'm only going to do it if I can tow the car. I'm not going to drive there. I mean, at the very least, we could borrow my boss's uh, trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I and then either um, tow it with the Suburban, and then we both just drive that, or what, I don't know, something. I don't know how co-driving would work. The way the events at Hyperfest are made, I don't think you can really co-drive one car. Mm. Um, that would work great for like a track cross, though. Yeah. I had hoped, I, I still do sort of hope that I'll have my own trailer for that, by that point, but I don't know if things are not, not working out that way right now. Yeah. If I, can, if I can sell the Matrix and buy some sort of towable vehicle, I have no problem just renting U-Haul trailers for a while mm-hmm. until I can actually afford. Yeah. Because, I mean, the what the, the two-wheel dollies, I think I priced it out for a weekend, is like 80 bucks for, like, pick it up Friday, bring it back Sunday night. It was like you 80 bucks. You don't want a two-wheel dolly, though. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I, I can deal with it. Well, if you're going on a track and you actually do wreck the car, then a dolly's not going to do much for you. Well, yeah, if I fully wrecked the car that's the least of my worries well yeah uh, I don't know but I'll just triple A it back if I have to oh my god from you only have to pay for 20 miles it's 120 no. miles oh I guess it's okay yeah just throwing stuff out there what goals car wise do y'all have this year like what hopes dreams aspirations um I mean I really just want to have the FC on track hmm. um I kind of still think that I want to try to drift that car, but I don't know. Don't drift a car you love. Yeah, but I don't really I would almost say don't track a car you love. Yeah. When I had the all-track, I really wanted to do drift with the FC and track with the all-track. Now, I don't even know. I just don't know anymore. I just... I. Or you could just say screw it and just go balls to the wall. Who cares? I mean... Yeah. Car's gonna fall apart one day. May as well just. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is that, but I I don't have all the money in the world either, you know. So, uh, the only thing that I really want to do this year is get the RX-7 done, finish getting it back up from where it was like before I parked it for six years in the woods, Um, get the suspension 
stuff back right, get the brakes it's, done right. For the, for the listener, it's on Megan Coilovers right now. Megan Racing Tracks. So when Megan first came out as a company, they were selling their coilovers for like $600 a set. And I bought the track, the reg- the streets and the tracks were the same price. I was thinking, well, I want to track the car, so why don't I just buy the tracks? Um, what I didn't realize at the time was that the track coilovers are, the spring rates are like 9,000 kilograms in the front and 12,000, or sorry, 12,000 kilograms in the front and 9,000 kilograms in the rear. 12, 12k and it's not 12,000 well, kilograms it's 12 kilograms per millimeter oh okay well however it works out I don't know either way they're way too stiff for school and it makes it I mean it makes it understeer it makes it oversteer it's it's a bitch to, to handle because it has the FC has a really sophisticated like suspension geometry like yes. it's it's really well designed if you can make it work the Megans don't let it the Megans don't let it do the work. Right. Like, that's why, like, so, the fastest Miatas around all have relatively soft suspension because it lets the suspension move through its yeah. designed motion and do what it's supposed to do. Um, I, the So the FC actually has had a broken stabilizer bar link on the right front for a long, long time. So you've just had zero front sway bar. Exactly, and wow. I never even noticed. Well, if it was understeering with zero front sway bar, it understeers, it oversteered. I'm saying it, 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 it. The coilovers just don't even allow the suspension to move enough for a stabilizer bar to make a difference. Yeah. Well, I mean that's. I mean on a on a car with strut suspension that's not that great, like on MR2s. Yeah. I fully admit MR2 suspension design was okay in the '80s. It is not good now. It's just basic McPherson struts. So you have to make them wicked stiff. Mm. You, you basically set the suspension at the optimal everything and keep it there yeah. with really stiff springs. But so I've got all the all the links for the rear geometry. I've got all those new um, that I got from um, a place online that I can't remember right now. A vendor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. So I've got to I've got to do all those little things. I've got rear hubs to put in because when I do the um, the rear steer delete, you have to you basically have to take the the spindles out from what I understand. Um, so I've got new wheel hub bearings to put in there. I've got new lug studs to put in at the same time because I want to do extended studs in case I need to run spacers. Um, I've got. Um, uh, stabilizer links for the front. Um, I've got what else do I have for the front? It's like, cause you, I know you've got a huge pile of parts. Over yeah, there just waiting to go on. Yeah. What? Um, so if you're if you're trying to move away from the Megans, what would you be moving to well, theoretically? I mean, I I, I do I want fortunes. Mm-hmm. Do they still obviously. make FC stuff? Yeah, of course. Um, shout out to Fortune, who is local to us, actually. Please make stuff for more old Toyotas. Please. <laughs> Please. Negative Ghost Rider. If they're going to stop making stuff for Miatas, you have no hope. I know. Well, it's weird that they would stop making stuff for Miatas, yet they still make stuff for FCs, which are way less common. Did they, they actually stop making Miata. stuff for Miatas? I'm pretty sure they did. I th- or I thought they like went like they maybe did for a little while. I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure they, they do now. Are you looking it up right now? I am. There you go. Because that what makes they don't make anything for. 
that car, right, that car right out there. You know who right. does make stuff for that car? K- Literally everyone else. I know K K and W and all those guys. B and W and what's the other one? The purple one that I'm trying to think of right now. K W K W K W is purple. They, is that the purple one? Yeah, yeah okay, purple right. and chrome. Purple and yellow. And chrome. Who's purple and yellow? I don't know. Okay. The. Uh, not that I would ever. I we almost kind of sort of had a group by going for FX sixteen coilovers, from Fortune. Like I had like probably six people that were on board, but like, I had literally just made my homebrew ones, and I was not about to spend the money on new ones because I had already spent yeah a lot making my own. They definitely still make in their catalog right now for the. I'm looking, just looking at the five hundreds now. Oh. Um, which can all be upgraded. Yeah, right. Um, they just released their seventh generation coilover series. For NA Miatas? Yep, they've got the NANB, oh. they've got the NC and the ND. Nice. nice. They stopped. They definitely stopped for a while. They that might have been when they were phasing out the Gen Do they have MR2 maybe. stuff? Because I've been hearing people saying they still sell second gen MR2 stuff. but I Oh, second gen? Yeah. Scroll down a little bit. Toyota... I know they make like Lexus stuff and GT and Super Yaris. I uh, they make Yaris coilovers. Uh, it, yeah, it NCP has to be a ninety one. A like oh front onlys. A for the Yaris. Oh wait, no, 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 I'm sorry. That's for the spherical bearings. Or maybe yeah. Well, the Yaris doesn't really have rear yeah, struts because yeah. it's a solid rear axle. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Like a relic of. Like, they happen to make, like, the top hat for something else. And the, oh, yeah. You know. It just kind of fits. Yeah, it yeah. just happens. Yeah, all right. MR2, SW20, and ZZW30. They make spider coilovers. Yeah, for $1,700. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... Dude. That's a lot for a set of 500s. It is, but can you imagine a spider on a set of, of fortunes? Yeah. That car already handles better than most cars. Because it's so freaking light. I, I think that's kind of... I don't know if it was just like happenstance, but like as soon as I started to decrease my autocrossing of the MR2, uh, literally everyone was buying spiders to race. I think like a couple of years ago, someone realized that the spiders are actually really competitive in a certain class. And now there oh, yeah. was for ye- like I autocrossed the MR2 for like ten years, and <laughs> I was always the only MR2 there, always. And in the last like three or four years, there have been like five people that bought MR2 spiders locally to autocross. So y'all need to help me get on Billy Jew. Shout out to Billy Jew. He's probably not going to listen to this. Um, I want to I want to see his car out at Grid Life. For one of the HPG sessions. Yeah. Because it would be so awesome. Is he interested at all in being on the track? He is. He Really? But, but God forbid, almost all of the stuff that I try to get him to come to is on the same weekend as an autocross. Mm. And he will not give up an autocross to go yeah. to the track. Yeah. And it frustrates me endlessly. But I get it. Because he's like actually competitive and stuff. Because he's got a really good car and he's a good driver. Talented people. Yeah. Bunch of jerks. I know. He's like right up there with Engelbert. He's trying he's trying to beat Engelbert. I think once he beats Engelbert, 
maybe. I think once he gets the Nissan trophy. It's like, maybe go do other things. Autocross is fun, but the dollars per amount of, and time invested for actual driving time is just not there. Yeah. It is cheap, though. It's kind of hard to beat 30 bucks for an event. Yeah, 30 bucks in an entire In an entire day of your time, yeah. yeah. Or you could spend 200 bucks and take an entire Sunday and get more seat time in one of your four sessions than you do an entire year of autocross. Yeah. But yeah, y'all should, y'all should come to a track cross. Drive my car. I mean, I did pay for that Kirky. You did, and it's horribly uncomfortable, but that bitch works. Dude, when we went on the cruise, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> they were like, you got to bring your FX because everybody else is bringing theirs. And I was like, oh, okay. But, like, by the time I got there, I got out of the car, and I, like, couldn't stand up. I was just so miserable. He looked really, really horrible. It's not good. The worst part of the seat is the seat only comes up, like, halfway up your thigh. So it cuts off. It's like sitting on the toilet for too long. It cuts (laughs) off your circulation. And then you have to have your feet, like, to to avoid that, you have to have your knees up high. Yeah. Which then makes your knees hurt. Yeah. And then the little, like, the part, it's a drag seat. Yeah. And not a drag car. Yeah. So, the little part that goes around, like, your chest to kind of, like, hold your boobs, like, <laughs> it, like, it sticks out and, like, it it hits the underside of your arm, which you wouldn't think is a big deal until you're in the car for two hours, and then the underside of your arm is, like, bl- like black and blue from, from hitting it. I, <laughs> it's great on track, but it sucks everywhere else. You should have swept in the other seat for the, the cruise. Like put the like put the swap sides. Well, whatever seat it was, we took out of that car. Except we chopped up the rails to make oh, the rails. All right. Yeah. So there's not really a whole lot of swapping yeah, you can do. But as we learned, the right and left sides are basically the same, so we can yep. swap yeah. them back around. Yeah. God bless you. I don't know how you drove that car in the cruise. That oh, was, dude, it was bad. That was bad. I was so happy to have a a, a cushy, comfortable car. On that cruise with for, torque, yeah, for once. So like, yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm following all y'all, and y'all are going up these hills just fine. And I'm just yeah. gonna, like having to go down like two, maybe three gears. <laughs> my long ass Chevy Nova transmission. It's just so it was so nice to just finally have a boosted car on the cruise. It was amazing. <laughs> I will I will probably never know what that's like. I guess to drive know. a boosted car on the JCVA cruise. Well, turbo, turbo okay, boosted. Right. Supercharge is just basically more NA. <laughs> it is. It's like taking. You're, you're, no, you're not wrong. You I just, just you take the power curve yeah. and just bump the whole power curve yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I still. We talked about this at at Hyperfest last year, but I still want to want to uh, race uh, Steve Kilman just to see whose car is faster in the GTI. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> So, okay, Corey's driving... What year is your GTI? 2011. It's a stock 2011 GTI. I think it has an exhaust on Yeah, it has But an it's exhaust. a stock 2011 GTI, and Steve Kilman has a supercharged NA Miata that's making, like, 210 horsepower? 200 and a bit. 200, low 200. Maybe, like, 190, but it's it's a pretty decent amount for an NA. He's got way better tires. Yeah, he's got RE, uh, RE11s on Yeah, him. yeah. I'd argue that his entire suspension. I'm sorry, RE seventy one R is better than yours. I uh, that's also true. You know, 
I'm not sure what he's running for suspension on that car. I think it's flying beyond the stuff. It's like Coney's Coney's and ground controls. I think, it, I, think I just think it would be an interesting hmm. experiment. Is all he'd probably get you off the line, but I think you reel him in because freaking Volkswagen has just a mountain of torque. Yeah, comparatively. Yeah, it's a really fun car to drive. It is. It's a nice car. I was. I was. A little nervous going into the cruise, but actually pleasantly surprised. Is it a VR6 or is it a four-cylinder? No, it's a four-cylinder. I don't think they've made a VR6 Golf in quite some time. Oh, really? Yeah. The R32, I think, was the only VR6 Golf that I know of. Well, they still make the R32. No, it's the Golf R now. Oh. And it's a four-cylinder turbo. Okay. Susie, what I know. I want one of those cars so They bad. are very, very, very fast. Yeah, they are. Right. All-wheel drive, like 300 horsepower or something yeah. crazy like that. So I think it's over 300 because it's like a competitor with the, the Focus RS. Well, I'm saying it's, it's 300 at the wheel, isn't it? So I, I'm not sure. It's like mid-300s because the, the Focus RS is 350, 350. I think the Golf R is the same. They're very close. I think uh, there was so much like hubbub about the Focus RS. I mm-hmm. guess just the fact that it exists is pretty cool. Mm. But, like, people actually took delivery of it and had to live with it for a while. And were like, wow, I should have gotten a Golf R. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm not sure I'd ever want to own... I mean, I don't I don't care for Ford. The, the, but... the Focus RS is, like, stiff to the point of, like, gross excess. Of what? Stiffness and an uncomfortability. Yeah. I mean... Um, and uh, just Matt Farah on Smoking Tire, and I brought him up like three times, but he he had a Focus RS, and he spent like six grand with KW to come up with coilovers that would still run with the the adjustable yeah. thing, and it, that was the only way to get that car to not feel like absolute ass. And he said he regretted selling his Fiesta ST, and he wished he had that back over the Focus RS. Wow. Yeah. The Fiesta ST is basically the best car ever. <laughs> and I really want one. <laughs> uh, but I feel like every time I get in jacks, I'm, like, disappointed. It's still, like, got a $14,000 interior. Like, yeah. it's still an interior from a rental car. Yeah. And but I just hate it. It handles so so good and that motor is wonderful I just I can't I can't and it has really good steering feel actually like most modern cars have crap steering feel it's actually pretty good I believe you I believe you but in all of the places where my body interacts with a car (laughs) the GTI is so much better as far as like seat steering wheel and shifter yeah yeah I don't know about the shifter I think the Focus the Fiesta has a nicer feeling shifter than the Golf German cars are really good in a lot of ways. Shifter feel is not okay. Okay, that's fair. But the Miata spoiled me for shifter feel for anything else ever. So other than outside of like a Honda, yeah, yeah. that's not really fair. Yeah, my wife's Fit isn't even a rod actuated. Oh my god, it's it's cables. Is it cable? It is cables, but it's really good cables. That that's a really nice shifter and the stupid Fit. It's the stupid Fit. The stupid Fit. I always call it the stupid fit because it's like it's not like a sporty or fun car but it is way better than it has any right to be yeah 
The Fit might be the best car ever made. <laughs> it's so good. It's hot it's take. The Fit is take. the best car ever made. The Fits are the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it's, it's also, the second, it's I want to go see. I want to go. I want to go to Grid Life just to watch the Spec Fit race because yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. The Honda Fit is the second best car the Honda ever made. The Honda CRV is the first. Okay. Um, or just okay. I'm just saying. Yeah, as not, far as they're not the NSX or the Integra Type R, no, or the S2000, yeah. or, no, because I'm talking about S2000's break. I'm talking about as far as like as Steve. far as like shut up, <laughs> love you, Steve. As far as like general usability and reliability, and and I feel like every Honda was reliable for a long time. Uh, yeah, a lot of them, but the CRV is literally the best. It has the biggest capacity of all the usable. Reliable Hondas. It's got all-wheel drive. You know, it's how reliable uh, are like the pilots and the ridge lines and stuff. Less, much just, less reliable. I I I hate pilots so much. Why? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just don't feel like they're very good vehicles. Like, okay, okay. I what what I I want <laughs> I want to understand. I let, let me let me let me back. Like, how a can bit. anyone have any kind of strong feeling, positive or negative, about a Honda Pilot? There's nothing. There. I've got I've got pretty strong feelings about the Honda Pilot and the Ridgeline, but I, I actually I really, just I love the Ridgeline. I just think that if you were in the market for that vehicle, why did you not buy a Forerunner? Uh, because you wanted a, a more direct competitor would be the the Highlander, uh, which is terrible, but the. The pilot is not a body on frame; it is a unibody um, SUV. And also the fact that the Forerunner is better in every tens way. of thousands of dollars more expensive. Is that it really? For, Fair dude, enough. Modern Forerunners are—I don't think you can get a new Forerunner for less than like forty-five thousand dollars. Okay, I um, guess I don't know what pilots cost, but they're like. Well, like, see, the problem—the problem with the pilots has always been that the transmissions are garbage. Well, it's a Honda automatic. Exactly, it's, it's a every, V6 Honda automatic. Every time I get in one, I'm just like, I don't, why? Why does this car exist? I don't. I don't it's know. it's the speaking of body on frame SUVs versus unibody. How about that new Pathfinder and the fact that it's basically just a Highlander with discount badges on it? Mm. It's no longer a, a Forerunner competitor. It's a it's a bland. The Pathfinder? The Pathfinder. Oh, yeah. The new That's right. It's front wheel drive and crap. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. So, my boss, Jesse, uh, had a Tundra for a tow vehicle. Ooh. Like, a, like the, the, the one that you want. The good yeah. one. Yeah, the good yes, one, right? The five, seven, I'll take any of them. If anybody's listening and wants to donate a Tundra, I'll take literally anything that you give me. Right. So, you know, you can get a manual V6 Tundra when they first came out. Yep. So, he had one of those, right? As a tow vehicle, and for whatever reason, decided to get rid of it. It went to a diesel Ford Dually. I mean, if you're like going to be towing, wheel. that's the way to go. Right. So he he did that, and then that that truck had some like really weird problems, and uh, I, I don't even remember all of the all of the issues that he had with it. But he like he had that for a little while and then was like I th- this isn't working I need to do something different. Did you go Chevy? Took it took it to CarMax and was like just whatever, you know, whatever you can give me for it basically. Uh ended up getting a diesel X5. Okay. So yeah. he wanted something more reliable than the Ford <laughs> and he bought a BMW. Well, he's a BMW guy to begin with, but 
he bought an he bought a diesel X5, and apparently it's just an amazing tow vehicle. Really, I believe yes. you, but it's gonna break and it's gonna be real I expensive. When didn't it does. even know that that car <clears throat> came with a it's, diesel. He's uh, he's not hurting. Not hurting. <laughs> um, it's just money. It is just money. What? Um, okay. That that's what like at like the gooding auctions and stuff like that. Like two $250,000. Do I see two seventy five? Do I see two seventy five? It's just money. Two seventy five. Like, for these people, it's not a big deal. Yeah. He doesn't. He actually probably want to cut most of this crap out. I don't know. Uh, but he has a um, he has a full, uh, like, sim setup for Forza. Ooh. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Like force feedback wheels and pedals and nice. all sorts of stuff. He said it like he he said he considered bringing it to the office and setting it up just so we could like do laps for mm. whatever. And he was he said, but then I got in it the first time and it was like a literal workout. Yeah, it was like actually driving a race car. He's like, I sweated. Like <laughs> first, it's like mm, maybe not. <laughs> the closest thing I've ever done to a quote sim setup for Forza was I hooked up my. My Xbox wheel and pedals to this little flimsy card table that the mic is right. sitting on. I remember that. <laughs> Actually, the steering wheel is right over there. Yeah, but uh, that was the closest we got. It was nice and creaky. Didn't yeah. didn't we? Uh, we like you can like clamp it to something. So we yeah, clamped yeah. it to this table, and then we had a, a case of water to to yeah. push the pedals. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was fun. It was. It was fun. Renault Five Turbo, best car in the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I don't know if you heard Flim Flam Speed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Kevin Adolph, who will also never listen to this. He uh, might. Okay. Super he's a cool guy. He's he, a oh, guy. he's a very cool guy, but he's way too cool for us. Well, he's also very busy. Yeah. Like, when does he listen to podcasts? Yeah. Super know. good friends with my boss. Uh, oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. BMW stuff. Yep. Um, he's doing a Dino Day for the VMSC guys oh, cool. in February. Yep. Uh, is that um, is that like an open thing or what's the story? They that? they posted about it the other day and they were like, right now it's only open to members and my yeah. I let my membership lapse. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and I said I'm totally in once you open it up to non-members. And then like the next day they were like, it's open, and I said, put me in. So, you did, so you're in? Yeah. Okay. I don't and for know. What, I don't, yeah, I'm just gonna see. How close to 100 horsepower I can make? Yeah, right. Um, I mean, I'd like to. I'd like to spin the rollers. Uh, is that still open, or is it? Go full? on. Go on the VMSC Facebook page. See yep. what they're doing. They said they they opened it up, and I think they said they posted it in like the cars and coffee page, and it was filling up pretty quick. Okay. So, which means to me, they've got a lot of cars, which means the price is gonna be lower. Yeah. So I I dynoed I've done the MR2 at two different dyno days over the years or maybe three, and uh, basically determined that it does not matter what you do to the exhaust on that car it makes exactly the same power no matter. Okay. <laughs> um, I just want to see what the new engine is making. What should it be making? So it was like 145 I think horsepower from the factory. At the crank? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, yeah. you know, that, not that crank. flywheel. Yeah. At the eccentric shaft. And we did uh, port it a little bit. I, I, ideally, it should be making like 150 horsepower to the wheels right now. 
but I just I would love to to know for a fact um, just to see I mean the last time I did it you know it was it pushed 118 out through the wheels yeah I'm just excited I, I'm, I'd like to see I don't think I'll even have the car aligned by then but I'd just like to see how close to 100 horsepower I can make because I think uh, I remember Garrett's Miata put down like 105 at the wheels on a mostly stock engine, which I mm. thought was super impressive. Um, that's like a super healthy motor. And I'd like to see if I can get close to 100 in the 4AG. That was after he did the. Uh, did you cams? Did the did the the, 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 the cam the cam, the cam adjust in the uh, the MAFM? Oh, okay. He's running on 93. Oh, yeah, he did bump the timing up, too. Yeah. Oh, I need to do that. Because I've been running on regular, which mm-hmm. is pretty nice. <laughs> I fill it up twice a year. Yeah, that's the worst thing about the golf. Yeah. It is expensive to put fuel in. Dude, at least, at least with your car, it's like it takes premium and probably doesn't get the greatest gas mileage if you actually boost it. But, like... You have the torque to to you know that makes it worth it. Yeah, I can I can do like thirty on the highway. With my with the matrix, it's like I can't get better than twenty five miles per gallon, and I have no torque, and it takes premium. The matrix takes premium. It's a two ZZ man. It's a high compression motor. It takes premium, ninety three only. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Celica GTS same way. Vibe GT what? same way. Lotus Elise same way. What kind of garbage is that? It's like an 11 and a half compression. It's an Econobox. Not with that. That motor is not an Econobox motor. The one's easy. It takes regular all day long. And then yeah. it blows through the rings and you have to replace it every 100,000 miles. But too easy. That sucks. No, you don't. If you take care of that car, we've got um, we've got matrixes that come to our shop regularly with um, 199,999 miles on them. I don't know if you know this. But the matrix odometers stop going up. Does it really? After 199,999 nice. miles. That's so We've dumb. Got, what? That's so dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's literally, a Toyota. It should definitely go for farther than Literally that. every matrix that we work on has 199,999 <laughs> miles on it. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got a blue one that I comes in. I learned something today. Yeah. You, should, you should do Doug DeMuro stuff for Carter. <laughs> I thought dogs came from eggs. <laughs> I learned something today. <laughs> I said that to somebody the other day, and it was like they somebody that would have not watched that show. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> but we've got a blue one that comes to our shop that we estimate has well over three hundred thousand miles on it. And I was the, I was the motor's a never little facetious. They have really the the early onesies, especially in the Celicas, they revised them over the years. Hmm. But the early ones in the Celicas and the early Corollas had really, really terrible oil consumption problems. I Go back to the eighties when everything was good and life was happy. Yeah. Nobody gave a shit. And everyone was on cocaine and everyone was happy. I think we just need to go back to that and just live there. Mm. Anybody have a DeLorean? Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. No, but you could buy a new one. Mm-hmm. A new one with a significantly less crappy drivetrain. Yep. Which is pretty cool. It's out of Texas, right? company yeah. in Texas makes them? Yeah, they've got one kit where you can get the LS motor in there. It's pretty cool. 
I'm surprised that doesn't just warp the chassis because it was not a stiff. Car. Well, they're. I mean, they're making it better in every way. That's the whole point. Oh, they did the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, they're using off-the-shelf new old stock like body panels, bodies, and other things, but they're making improvements almost everywhere. That's good because yeah. they needed it. Yeah. There's a um, there's a little. I don't even know if it's a shop. I guess it's like... I think it's just some dude's private collection that's like always been on display over in Lakeside. Right next... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, right next to Final Gravity. Yep. I, I know what you're talking about. They, um... He, he used to have a DeLorean displayed out front. I think mm-hmm. he rotates through what's up there. But, man, that thing is really clean. Like, the bumper's a little sun-faded. But, like, that's a really nice car. Yep. For, you know, being a DeLorean. He's got like a, a Viper back in there too and a bunch of really old stuff. I've seen a couple old like first gen Corvette convertibles up there. Mm-hmm. So apparently the like the thing to do right now if you like want if you have the money and you want like a relatively but like performance bargain for a track car C5Z06s are apparently where it's at right now. Yeah. Because you can get them for like okay shape for like under 20 if you don't care about paint and interior then it's like you get 400 horsepower and nice brakes and nice suspension are they 400 really yeah nothing in this world makes my heart happier than a c5 corvette owner that just beats the shit out of their car yep i my it just it makes me like my it makes my eye twitch every time i drive past oh some sort of winga dinga car show and it's like a bunch of C5 Corvettes with every adhesive, with every adhesive chrome add-on that you can possibly stick to mm-hmm. the car. Yeah. And like airbrushed portraits on the inside of the hood. It's like, bro, what? You, th- you this is not a collector car. Your car is not cool or unique. But it's cool. He's got those little. He just sits out in front of his car with his little lawn chair with his Birkenstocks and shorts, <laughs> Hawaiian shirt. I like any high performance car. I, I love it. I love it when any high performance car is driven regularly. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'll never forget the. There was one time I went to Cars and Coffee, and some dude showed up with his Ford GT, with and paint chips all over it. I mean, there were some yeah. paint chips on it, but like the most important thing to me about it was that like when he got out of it. In the passenger seat was like a pair of old socks and yesterday's <laughs> mail. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you remember back when we were in high school? I think we were in your Saturn when I took pictures of this thing. We saw it multiple times. There's a guy. There was a guy like 15 years ago that drove around the West End, and I swear to God, he daily drove his Countach. Like oh, we yes. saw him at nice. Dairy Queen. Yeah. I saw we him saw, in the McDonald's drive-through in Dairy Queen and um, somewhere else. I can't remember where else we saw him. Like mad props to whoever that was. Yeah. When I used to live at, um, I mean, this, this was a while ago. When I used to live at Blue Jay, I used to see that M12 Noble. Yeah, the gray yeah. one. Yeah, all that the guy daily drove that too. Yeah. The M12 G- GTO three R three R. Yeah. Yeah. He, what, he, what brought that to, he brought that to Cars and Coffee a yeah. bunch. And you look at that thing, and the whole front end is just rock-chipped to hell because he just drove it and drove it and drove it, which is 
just the coolest thing ever to me. Yeah, the greatest picture ever is the one of him parked outside AutoZone. <laughs> it says, like, you know, Noble M12. Somebody made that into a meme. Like, that yeah. went around the internet really? for a while. Yeah, yeah. It was, I'm pretty sure it was Scott Bankovic. Yeah. Because it was just it's just a V6 Ford engine, right? Yeah. yeah, but it's a V6 Ford engine that we did not get. So getting parts. Oh, really? It's, yeah. it's, oh. it's like a Ford Mondeo V6. <laughs> so like you can get parts for it from South Africa. Mm. Like it's yeah. So what even would it be doing at AutoZone? I don't spark plugs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oil. Who knows? But he drove it there. <laughs> You're gonna sell tissues. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys sell touch up paint for a noble NFL? <laughs> Gosh, noble man! I used to every time they came on on Top Gear, I was it was always so awesome. Yep, I don't. They're newer cars. I don't like how they look as much, like the M four hundred or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's kind of wonky looking, but man, that M twelve. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Love that car. Have you seen... There's a, a video that was out a while back. This is a couple of years ago. There's some crazy rich dude in Japan that has a street legalized version of like the 1970s Porsche Le Mans winning car. Yeah. Type thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I Gosh. I don't know what it's called. The 917 maybe? I don't yeah, know. something like that. I don't pretend to know Porsches. Yeah. No. Yeah, though, um, so yeah, the Porsche 917 is a, uh, uh, it did run in the 24 hours of Le Mans, and, um, it says it's a prototype, but yeah. I don't know how it could run in Le Mans if it was a prototype. God damn, the rear wheels are freaking huge. Yeah. I was, I watched an interview, I forget who was interviewing, it might have been Chris Harris doing an interview with the guy who was, like, one of the lead engineers on that car. And he was talking about how, like, back then, aerodynamics was not a science. It was just, like, do yeah. random stuff and see what works. And they added the gurney flap to the... Because the whole car is basically one giant wing. So they added a gurney flap, like an inch and a half gurney flap to the back of the car. And it made, like... It completely revolutionized how the entire car handled. Mm-hmm. And it, just that one little change just blew everyone's mind. Okay, the... Uh... <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen this car before. Um, the 917 is the famous, uh, what do they call it? The, the, the pig, uh, the, the one with all the, the, the pig cuts, the like loin, what am I trying to say here? I have no idea okay, right. what you're talking about. Hold on, about. let me find you a decent picture of it. It's got like the little dotted lines all around like the front fenders and everything for like flanks and like, you know. Oh, oh, oh. like it like the livery is such like it's a, a diagram. The pink pig is what it's called. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does kind of look like it. Yeah. That makes sense. So, what else you guys got? You got anything? Uh, I'm, I think I'm pretty much done. Yeah.